hard-hitting medical truth, cutting through conflict and confusion to the understanding you're searching for. Join Dr. Peter McCullough, world-renowned medical expert and practicing physician for this edition of the McCullough Report. Your life may depend on it. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. And I'm Dr. Peter McCullough. It's a great pleasure for me to welcome to the microphone somebody who I've wanted to interview for a long time. Uh, and I've been connected through a whole variety of sources all over the world, as many of you know. But it's a great honor to have Dr. Muhammad Iqbal Adil join us on the McCullough Report. His current uh, uh, positions, he's had many of them over time, uh, and his main professional occupation is a general colorectal breast and laparoscopic surgeon. But he has a long and distinguished career, and I want him to tell us uh, about his career and then take us up to the current time of where we are with COVID-19 uh, censorship and reprisal. Dr. Adu, welcome to the McCullough Report. Thank you very much, uh, 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 Peter, for uh, giving me a chance to, to uh, speak with you. It's a great pleasure. So, uh, as you have kindly introduced myself, so I don't need to repeat that. Uh, I have been working in UK for the last 30 years. I'm a fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons of UK and the fellow of Royal College of Surgeons of Ireland. And uh, I have 30 years of unblemished medical record while working in, in UK. And I had not a single complaint whatsoever, unless, you know, it's uh, in early 2020, I was working as a consultant surgeon in one of the tertiary care busy teaching hospital in North Manchester, which is north of the uh, England, uh, where I I noticed a lot of a uh, lot of uh, lies and uh, discrepancies among the origin and the existence of the COVID nineteen, followed by unprecedented lockdown and extraordinary restrictions on the public without having any scientific evidence or proof whatsoever. At that time, nobody knew that whether this is a just a supposition, it's any virus or it's not existing at all. We did not have sufficient evidence to, to follow blindly the government narrative. And uh, it happened uh, so quickly that uh, they on the 23rd of March, they locked down the entire UK and they shut down the doors of the hospitals uh, for the patients. And nobody, no patient was allowed to come to the hospital except the, the uh, life-threatening emergencies. As a part of the surgical team and uh, the lead surgeon, I was involved in operating patients with special with special suits, which was quite heavier with the, with the helmets on and with the extraordinary measures with the double gloves and different things and and it was very difficult to breathe during an operation and I had quite I'd saved quite a number of lives during the, that period but, but let me ask you um you know I was in a major medical center at that time in the United States and we had shut down our operating room and I'm a cardiologist so we have like an operating room we have a cardiac catheterization laboratory those were shut down for elective cases, and the only thing we could do is emergency. Yeah, cases. absolutely. I was. I'm talking about the emergency life, 
certain situations with the burst of abdomen and the uh, the uh, the uh, the other serious uh, emergencies which require which required a life saving procedures but all the elective procedures were all cancelled including the op the outpatient the the endoscopies the all the other investigation they were all shut all the all the uh, elective pro procedure were abandoned now now doctor doctor were there any signs that surgeons and nursing staff were at risk to develop covid while they were operating on patients no i was part of the operating as an emergency and i myself have not had uh, our had any virus infection and i have been addressing so many uh, millions of people across the world with multiple rallies across uh, uk th at least three at trafalgar square which is the heart of the london and um, went to various rallies in sheffield and leeds and uh, berlin and stockholm and not and norway i'd never had any virus at all whatsoever so no Neither one so 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 in the same thing in the united states we didn't hear about any hospital outbreaks we didn't have um any outbreaks in clinics there was one report in the mayo clinic that hundreds of patients developed covid-19 around the same time but we had published data from the united states and from china showing that 85% of transmission occurred in the home so the hospital and the operating room were not high risk for covid-19 no not at all the only the, the problem with this this was a scam which I, i i was not i did not agree with with them and i i as a as a surgeon as a health professional i i did i, I did perform my duties very well to safeguard my patients and for their well-being and i i, I saw the the extreme end of the suffering of patients when they were not allowed to come to the hospitals neither their relatives and uh, uh, the thousands and thousands of uh, elderly patients were transferred from the main hospital into the nursing and care home without testing in rush in order to accommodate the covid-19 patient which was um, uh, claimed by nail forgosen from imperial college and the sage scientific advisory group of emergencies that there will be 5 million people dying in in UK only so which was totally false which were, i did not agree now doctor dr adel did you uh, witness cases yourself let's say for an acute abdominal uh, procedure perforated colon um cholecystectomy appendectomy uh did you witness late presentations and then more complicated i did during that that the time when i i was working there uh, in in uh, when the lockdown was implemented there on 23rd of march i did witness the the people coming with the burst colons uh, small bowel obstructions and the gallbladder perforations as a result of long uh, waiting Uh, at homes and uh, they only turned up when they were told not to come to the hospital that's why people got the complications and they ended up into life threatening situation which i had to deal with them and let me ask you another question um did you notice that acute covid-19 was complicating these surgical cases not at all it absolutely not agreed on this point 
whatsoever. Okay. So it, it going, it, it, if we could have relived time in your professional judgment, should we have kept the, uh, our usual operating schedules and all of our Absolutely. usual? Hospitals? This is what I've, I've been talking to the, uh, my, my, to my colleagues and the uh, other health professional while I was working there with a huge hospital. I, I said, well, look, we can't shut down our hospital for the patient. There were 4 million patients at that time in UK waiting for the investigations and treatment. And out of that, 150,000 patients were only cancer patients. They were only two weeks wait rule. But these patients were declined for their investigations and treatment. 1,200 trials were abandoned in UK. And all the screening program, including the breast and the colorectal cancer and lung cancer were abandoned. And these patients were suffering. And I was getting called from various patients from home that what's going to happen. People were confused. They were living in the wilderness and they don't know, they didn't know the, what, what they, what, how, how they're going to get their treatment because they had a problem, but they were okay, told so not you, to come so to the hospital. Right. So you bring up an important point that in cancer care, Many patients are in cancer protocols, which are research, but they also provide their base of care. And the protocols are not just medicines, but they're, they involve surgical strategies, uh, biopsy Absolutely. strategies. And you're yes. saying all this was abandoned. Absolutely. All were abandoned. All the biopsies, all the investigation, the mammogram, the ultrasound, or the CT, MRI scan, even the, the patient who are under my treatment as a colorectal surgeon, I do breast surgery as well and the reconstruction. They were all abandoned to come to the hospital and they were in the middle of nowhere during now, the treatment. Now, in your professional judgment, did this go on long enough to worsen cancer outcomes to actually contribute to cancer deaths? Absolutely. This, this caused enormous uh, deaths of, uh, due to cancer, because early cancer shows better result if it picked up by screening program and by by uh, uh, and obviously uh, that shows better result but the patient were declined that's why we lost contact with them and uh, they were not allowed to come to the hospital and uh, the early cancer became the advanced cancer the advanced cancer became the metastatic and people died at home due to cancers due to heart attacks due to strokes complication of diabetes and the heart and the heart attacks so they were not uh, they were told three things by the government stay at home save nhs and save lives so people were asked to stay at home so they stayed at home because of fear generated due to covid-19 at that time by the mainstream media but this but the saved nhs money which is a taxpayer money which we all pay as a high uh, bra uh, taxpayer bracket uh, and they, but they were unable to save lives of the thousands and thousands of people which could have been saved. Uh, we lost unnecessary, uh, precious lives because of ill planning, mismanagement, and without having any robust scientific debate among the government scientists and the clinicians and the health professionals and the administration. That that could have. That could have sorted out all these patients who had unnecessary deaths, like we lost 78,000 elderly patients due to dehydration, isolation, fear, and lack of medical facilities because no medical specialists were allowed were ready to go to the nursing home to see the patient because they were told that they will they will contract the coronavirus and they will die. So well, let me were, ask you. Let me ask you. 
you know, in throughout your storied career, and I want the listeners to know that Dr. Addo um, is a very, very prominent surgeon in uh, the UK, both uh, England and Ireland. Um, uh-huh. He's extremely well known in um, in Pakistan. He's yeah. led. Uh, he's been the chairman of of you know worldwide organizations. Are you telling me that the National Health Service didn't call upon you and other surgeons like you to give advice about what to do in the not, not at all. Rather, what the what the did was, I I had no choice. In in spite of discussing about uh, running a parallel service for the emergency, especially for the cancer patients in in one side of the hospital and allocate the COVID ward to uh, one side and they continue treating the other side. But this was not a plan by the government. This was just all planned according to their choice that they they did not want to do that. Nobody listened to me, so I had no choice. But I went on to the social media and I initiated the scientific debate with the other scientists and the clinicians and the health professionals. And I, I said, well, look, let's discuss about the COVID existence, number one, existence. Number two, its origin, its mode of transmission, pathogenicity, and how to prevent and control it. So I, I released a couple of videos on the social media at my free time without interfering my work time at all. And uh, I was... And that was very reassuring to the public. And I got millions of people thanking me for reassuring them because they got some sort of hope in the wilderness. So I'm most grateful to them that they, especially in the third world country like Pakistan, India, Bangladesh and other countries where they were not well informed about what's going on here. Now, let me ask you, in uh, October of 2020, the Great Barrington Declaration was um, was published uh, by Jay Bhattacharya at Stanford. I signed it. I Martin, signed that. Yeah, Martin Koldorf at Harvard and Sanitya Gupta at Oxford. So you uh-huh. signed it. I signed it. Uh, do you think doctors in general in the UK supported Great Barrington? I think they, the doctors signed it, but they were some somehow they were scared. I, I noticed that they're still scared about losing their job like myself. So uh, I think most of the doctors signed uh, uh, without telling anybody. Uh, they they knew that what's going on and uh, what has happened in the hospital in, in the last two and a half years is really very, very demoralizing. So to remind the listeners, the Great Barrington Declaration essentially said, take special measures to protect our seniors, those in, you know, senior living facilities, uh, you know, protect these high-risk people, but the rest of society and the rest of the medical care would go on as it should. What Dr. Adil is telling us is that, listen, um, the UK has got a busy health service, the NHS, uh, you know, they don't have as many surgeons as the United States does per capita. So each surgeon is very busy. They have a very busy surgical schedule. And the patients who need surgery, uh, they clearly need it and they need it when scheduled. And this um, complete and total um, oblivion to what patients need and doctors view on what patients need by um, and you tell me, Dr. Adel, is it the National Health Service? If is it MHRA? Are there what organizations had the power in the UK to basically shut down healthcare? 
think it's the it's the it's the uh, national health services which comes under the parliament here. Uh, okay. uh, uh, same as the regulators, they were all working on an agenda which was uh, told to them, and the Department of Health Care. Uh, they, they, they are control the health system. And this was a clear-cut plan to shuffle the patient into the nursing home and and the many patients died in their own homes and their suicidal rate went up to sky up, especially in the youngsters because of the lockdown and loss of their job and depression. And the total reliance was made on the PCR test, which, which had a very high a false positive and false negative results. Now it has been abandoned in UK and uh, USA and uh, many other countries. So I, I, I raise wiser against this. I say, well, this is not right. And I, I don't I, I agree with what is going on to my patient. As a health professional, I perform my duties well and I believe on my medical ethics. I believe on Nuremberg Code. I believe on Helensky's uh, declaration as well as the uh, the Hippocratic uh, oath, which says, first, do no harm. I, I did not want to harm my patient. But problem was that the whole hospital were lying empty. By 80% hospital were empty. The wards were empty. And the, uh, the intensive care units were not having as many beds as they, uh, they used to have before as post-operative care or the respiratory or other pro cardiac problems. So I raised my voice and I raised a couple of videos and I was picked up on... 22nd of April by the trust, and they just passed on the order to dismiss my job with without any warning, show cause notice, or any disciplinary procedure whatsoever. So when when was this? This was on 22nd of April 2020. April of 2020? So yeah, in one month. In one month, and there was no phone call, no discussion, no, no, no. review of data. No, no phone call. I had no letter. I had no disciplinary procedure. I had no no advice or warning by the trust. I was told by one of my colleague who who is a clinical director is, is my was my junior, but he 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 said that he called me when I was doing a peripheral clinic. I was actually covering four uh, substantive consultants who were on leave. Uh, because of the COVID-19, many people took advantage of that, that they were having flu type of symptoms and they're not coming. So people misused that opportunity, like nurses and doctors and paramedics, and they, they just went away from the job. Like four consultants I was covering. So I was doing peripheral clinic when I got a call from Mr. Mustafa, who is a clinical director of surgery. And he 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 he, he told me that he wanted to have a meeting with me at, at, at four o'clock. I said, well, I'm doing clinic in, in a, six miles away in a peripheral clinic. And uh, he said, no worries. When you finish, you can join me here in a North Manchester Hospital and then we can have a chat. I didn't know that what, what is gone wrong. So I I came back in the hospital uh, uh, where I was main main hospital after finishing my clinic. And I went to his office and he was there with one of the assistant medical uh, staffing there. And he told me that my job has been terminated with the order of the a medical director of the trust, Mr. Jonathan Morris. I said, what, what, what are you talking about? He said, yes, he has He has sent me a couple of videos that you have expressed your viewpoint of COVID-19 and the lockdown and the and uh, the uh, you don't agree with the government policy. That's why your job has been terminated from now and you can go home. I said, well, this is 
You must be joking. I don't believe it. This is a trust where I conducted two scientific international conferences in, in 2019. And that was a historical event where I got four or 500 uh, delegates coming from the rest of the world because of my personal contact with them. And they delivered their talks and everything. But they terminated my job with immediate effects without any notification whatsoever. So I had no choice. I, have, I, I requested to my uh, colleague Mustafa, who conveyed the message from the medical, on behalf of medical director, that I want to meet, meet medical director. If, if, if he's got any problem with the videos, I will discuss with him. He rang him in front of me and he said, Mr. Adil want to see you regarding the, the unhappiness about the termination of job all of a sudden. But he refused to see me. He said he, does, he doesn't want to see me and ask him to leave the hospital like I was a criminal. And I felt, I felt humiliated. I felt disgraced. And I, 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 I spoke to my wife in the corridor. I said, well, this is a situation. She said, well, you can't do anything. You can come home. But so have I you ever heard to... this? Oh, hang on. You know, listen, you're a senior doctor in the UK. One of yeah. the most senior most surgeons. Have you ever heard before COVID that no, a doctor never. would be terminated on the spot? Uh, I mean, come on. You've, you've, you've held uh, uh, these conferences uh, you know, at the Royal Oldham Hospital in Manchester, the Northern Alliance Trust. You held these major meetings. You covered yeah. all these topics. I'm sure there's videos and slides. Yes. Uh, and and was there any topic before COVID where someone would be fired on the spot because they presented a viewpoint? Never. I never in my 30 years of working in uh, in in UK, I have not seen such a horrible treatment which I had. They thought, I, I tell you, Peter, I, I, I guess myself, because I was senior consultant and I was raising my voice and I had an opinion about uh, COVID-19 and I, I utilized my freedom of speech and uh, uh, expression regarding what I felt. And I wanted to uh, initiate scientific debate about the COVID-19, its, its, its existence, origin, model, and, and, and its uh, treatment, whatever, and the public suf suffering, which I was very much worried about, that they were not getting treatment and patients were dying at, at their own homes and they were not honored to come to the hospital and the doors of the hospital were totally shut down. So I raised this voice and they, they thought I was the number one enemy. And they were, I, I, I guess this was all supported uh, from top, and and the GMC and the trust and the medical establishment they and they were all involved in 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 doing this uh, heinous crime against me to suspend me to dismiss me immediately, followed by general medical council hearing within uh, the next three weeks, which which I after I had no choice but but left the hospital on the same day on 22nd of April and uh, then I came home and uh, I uh, then started looking for another job. The, I didn't receive any letter. I was not expecting that they're going to that extent that they're going to inform uh, to refer me to the GMC and uh, and taking it further as, a, as an enemy. So I, I found a, a short-term locum in one of the other hospitals, United Lincoln Sure, trust where I was. I just had a, a few weeks locum. I said to just to earn my living for my my family, three little children. So I went there. 
And uh, well, I was can on you, you mean, I'm sure our listeners are interested, uh, Dr. What do you think your views that you stated in the videos, which ones do you, which views do you think were most objectionable to the, um, to the Northern so Alliance Trust? What, what allegation I had, the, the GMC uh, had three allegations. They said that I said that the coronavirus was a hoax. Uh, it was obviously it was a hoax in many ways because of uh, the way the entire world was closed down, the borders were closed, and the hospital was shut down uh, for and uh, the 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 emergency surgical procedures were abandoned except the life threatening emergencies, and uh, uh, all the clinics, uh, the cancer patients, and the trials and everything was shut down. And the lockdown, which caused uh, economical crisis and health, and mental and physical health problem to the public. So I, I stood with the public, and I and uh, the, 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 so three allegations. One of them was that I said that the coronavirus was a hoax, but it doesn't mean that that I I, I deserve to have such a horrible treatment. Secondly, they said that my videos could have harmed my patients uh, and the members of the public. Which they never proved it. They were they and and the thirdly, they said my videos on the social media um, uh, might have caused damage to my profession, which was not indeed a, 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 a possible at all because I did not receive because there was a trial went on afterwards after two years, and I I asked them about the now they have the three online complainant they said. But actually, this was a pre-plan by the trust, the uh, General Medical Council, and the higher-up. They just made a story up. And they said they have received three anonymous complaints by three members of three anonymous members of the public. And they said that Mr. Adil videos on the social media have been destructive uh, uh, to the COVID management, which the government is uh, striving to, to control, to curb the infection. Uh, but he's uh, having different point of view. Um, and uh, on that basis, uh, so you are uh, uh, suspended for 12 months without any uh, 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 prior notification. I, I was only given four days notice that you're, you you got a hearing on 1st of June 2020 uh, after my dismissal uh, from the trust. So I went to the uh, the hearing of the on the sky. By the, I faced five members of the uh, general medical council, including one of the barrister and the other people. Uh, they 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 did not provide me the proper documents, and they violated uh, the article six and ten of my freedom of speech and the sufficient material. So there was a, a document of two hundred forty-seven pages, which was not provided to me prior to my my hearing at all, so which was totally violation. And on my request, they sent me that particular document, 247 pages online, and asked me to, we are going to break up for 90 minutes. You need to go and read through that and come back for the hearing. So I I, I discussed with my wife. I was sitting at home and had a cup of coffee, and I, I did not bother about going through 247 pages because I, I, I found it very distressful. So I, I told my wife, what should I do? She said, you can't do anything if you, you're getting more confused. So I, I waited 90 minutes and went back and they, they said, have you gone through? I said, no, 247 pages, I, I'm unable to grasp. And uh, this is very stressful. I need a time. 
to get my uh, legal advisor and to to uh, to write my response but they refused to grant me any further extension and they said well in that case we are suspending your registration for with the your license for 12 months so they suspended my me immediately for 12 months because of my viewpoint of covid 19 i had not a single clinical mistake or any patient related complaint or any ethical social health or probity issue whatsoever. And so when was this, Dr. Addo? It was the first, first of June 2020. By June of 2020, just a few months into the pandemic, what I want Absolutely. the listeners to, to hear is one of the most prestigious surgeons in the UK was completely suspended, yes, essentially totally. uh, now unable off. to practice. And, you know, after 12 months, uh, uh, the audience uh, I would be respectfully listening my talk. Uh, after 12 months, they further extended my suspension order for another 12 months uh, with, uh, with, uh, with the false uh, acquisition that they have not completed the investigation. What investigation? Uh, my case was crystal clear that I, I spoke uh, for, uh, in favor of public and uh, their sufferings and uh, the lockdown and the economic crisis uh, and the uh, restrictions uh, traveling and and uh, uh, proposed vaccination agenda which they promote they were trying to promote unlicensed uh, in, in in the month of september october i remember uh, 2020 when they were trying to promote unlicensed, untrialed, and experimental vaccine to the public in, in collaboration with the pharmaceutical companies with full indemnity. So that's that's why I, I spoke against that. So which, which, so that's the reason, you know, all these things, they, they kept, they thought I was their enemy. They, obviously, this was not the way they have dealt with that. I had an opinion that we could have stood together and there were various ways of dealing with the situation, but not the way I've been treated differently. So, so what you're saying is uh, there appeared to be a complete lack of fairness. There, was, there was no due process. No. Uh, they didn't file. They didn't follow any rules of evidence. Uh, yeah. And that... Um, uh, this was not for clinical reasons. This appeared to be for policy and political reasons. Absolutely. I had no clinical issue whatsoever in my 30 years of working as a surgeon. I'm a very good surgeon. I'm fully trained. And I had not a single complaint whatsoever prior to this incident. So going back to the, the uh, further 12-month suspension, it means uh, on 26th of May 2021, my one 12-month suspension came to an end. They extended for another 12 months and referred my case to the Medical Professional Tribunal, which is a branch of the GMC. They, 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 they pretend to be independent, but actually they are not independent. They are the part of the GMC. So the one of the assistant registrar of the General Medical Council, Mr. Uh, uh, Lloyd, Oliver Lloyd, he he looked at the case and he I got a letter that my case has been further extended for another 12 months until uh, 13th of June 2022 for three weeks hearing with the medical professional tribunal, which which I I waited. I had no choice. I had no license. I was not able to work. I I was my I had a lot of suffering with, with my three little children and my wife, which she doesn't work. 
and I had some reserve. I had to sell my property to to um, to uh, continue education of my children. One of my son is in university. Other two are in school. So this was an absolute uh, traumatic incident which I went through. Eventually, I was hoping that on the, with the medical professional tribunal services, I will be uh, I'll be uh, 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 having some sort of uh, uh, justice, but. The, one of the, the the chairman of the MPTS was a pharmacist, Damien Cooper. I have no hesitancy in telling his name because he was the chair chairman and he did not listen to me. He was, I was, I was on my own because I had no money to pay to my solicitor thirty thousand pound to to go for three weeks of hearing. I went my with my own because I knew the facts better than anybody else would know, and I faced five members of the. Uh, uh, a medical professional tribunal from 13th of June 2022 until 1st of July 2022 and uh, there I I argued the case very successfully and I asked GMC to bring those three complainants who uh, who lodged the initial complaint on uh, 26th until 30th of May 2020 that my videos were harming to the public and the and the patients, and they were destructive to the to the uh, members of the public. But they were they were not able to produce a single witness. Now I I strongly feel that they were all fictitious, and they said they were anonymous and they have not collected their information whatsoever. Then I said, uh, could you please give me an evidence or a witness who could say that my videos were damaged to uh, my profession and 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 for safety of public and the patient, and they were unable to produce any witness whatsoever. And, okay, uh, so, so let's let's stop there because we need to take a break. And I want to tell everybody, this gets really good on the second half of this interview because uh, we're going to get into what Dr. Adil has actually discovered regarding the Northern Alliance Trust, the General Medical Council, and this, uh, this uh, subdivision that we're discussing now. So let's take a pause here. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is the McCullough Report. We're heading into a busy holiday season. That means lots of strains, uh, difficulty with sleeping, concentration and threats to your immune system, this is a perfect time to stock up on healthy cell. Focus in memory for better uh, mental acuity, the REM sleep supplement for a full night's sleep with good sleep architecture and a great restfulness when you wake up the next day. And then the immune super boost, which provides your immune system all it needs in a microgel formulation to keep your immune system healthy and to be able to fight those viral and bacterial pathogens that are just around the corner with holiday gatherings. So when you think about the holidays, think of Healthy Cell. Go to America Out Loud Talk Radio website, click on the banner bar to get to Healthy Cell and get a discount on your first purchase. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report. 
In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.5 proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. That's HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. The spirit of American liberty and justice is woven into the soul of America out loud. We are the voice of a nation, the American nation, that is. This is Malcolm Out Loud. I invite you back to AmericaOutloud.com, where the fight for liberty and justice continues. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, you're hearing the news about the convergence of influenza, respiratory syncytial virus, and now SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, hitting at the same time in some households. Uh, Most of these conditions are mild, but they are bothersome. People have fever, cough, congestion, uh, respiratory symptoms, and one of the best ways to safeguard your home is with the Genesis Fogger. The Genesis Fogger uses HOCL, that is a safe disinfectant. Uh, It is virucidal. It kills the virus in the air and on surfaces. It creates a dry mist. You can use it to sterilize certain rooms, sterilize bathrooms particularly, and I think every household should have it. So go to America Out Loud website, go to the banner bar and click on Genesis Fogger to get a discount on your purchase. And you're gonna need it because the first purchase involves the uh, unit itself, and then you'll get a box of the liquid that's used inside. It's diluted in water, and that's basically the supply. And you're given a a, a real good number of bottles that'll last you a long time. But go ahead and pick up the discount on the first purchase when you go to our banner bar on America Out Loud, and that's the Genesis Fogger. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, We heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report. We're talking to Dr. Mohammed Iqbal Addo, who's one of the most uh, well-recognized and respected uh, general surgeons, laparoscopic surgeons uh, in the United Kingdom. Uh, he's well-known across Pakistan. And he's told us about uh, really a disastrous series of professional events, which I think 
is the earliest we've heard of any doctor suffering significant professional reprisal and retaliation for uh, discourse on COVID-19. And it happened within a couple months of the pandemic. Uh, Dr. Addo, uh, we're up to the point where they have administratively delayed your complete suspension from 2020 into 2021, 2021 into 2022. Now you're at this point in time, you're fighting to try to get back up and operating. Take it from there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, it has been two years, uh, more than two years now, because in June, uh, end, of, end of June, during my hearing process with the Medical Professional Tribunal Services, the chairman of the uh, Medical Professional Tribunal, he said, Mr. Adil has no clinical issue, he has no health issue, but for but his videos, they, they put 20 videos of mine in the case note of more than 1,000 pages, which was totally rubbish, you know. So they, they transcripted my videos, which I uh, had delivered in English and uh, translated in various languages and, and, uh, and, uh, and Urdu. And and they they were watching these videos. I said, oh, carry on watching your videos. Uh, I have said that I know what I've said, so you carry on. They carried on and they, they gained three weeks of the trial, which was only three minutes trial because I was innocent and I had no clinical issue. I only spoke about COVID-19 with an advice that, okay, COVID is this and your opinion, we respect that, your freedom of speech and expression, which is uh, Article 10, 1 and 2, which is uh, permissible in a democratic country. What's the problem with them? But instead of that, he, 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 he gave the determination at the end that you are suspended for another six months for safety of the public. What's my, I, I, I questioned to the chairman. I said, excuse me, what are you talking about, safety of the public? Do you think I'm a, I'm a criminal? I, had I done any crime? Am I a drug trafficker? Am I a sex offender? Why are you saying that for the safety of public? For 30 years, 35 years in total, five years in Pakistan I worked before coming here. I had not a single complaint against me. Now you're telling me for safety of public. Do you think for, for, for suspending me, me for another six months, the public would be safe? I would speak more and more in, in each and every corner of the street, each and every city, each and every country, I will speak and express myself that what I've, I've been a victim of huge injustice. But this is what I'm still suspended now, which is going to end by the end of December. But has this entire process made you louder? Yes, I, the, you know, the more and more I got, I picked up courage and uh, God-given strength and, uh, and uh, energy to speak out. And, to, and because I'm standing on the right pathway, I'm not frightened because I've not done any mistake. I've not, nobody has died in my hand. I have not done any manslaughter and I have no complication related to the patient. Why should I be frightened? I am standing but, on my but, viewpoint. Dr. Adil, you, you know, this all started before the vaccines. So they can't say that you are discouraging vaccines because this happened before the vaccines even came out. So since the vaccines were released in December of 2020, you know, you're already six months into your suspension. What was your viewpoint or what were your public statements then about you know, COVID-19 vaccination? That's a very good question, Peter. Thank you. You know, 
with long-standing experience of 35 years as a medical professional, uh, heavily involved in teaching, training, and scientific innovation, and uh, promoting medical. I had one vast study on the literature of medical sciences because this is my hobby. So I, I predicted when they were trying to uh, roll out the unlicensed and experimental vaccination in collaboration with the pharmaceutical companies with full indemnity, I had a feeling that this vaccine is uh, the end point of the fear created by the COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So they that was in in uh, after my suspension I never stopped uh, talking and I I because I was not guilty and I felt myself that I am standing on the right pathway with the public for the okay. humanity. So uh, so we we've so far we've gotten through your case. You've concluded this was actually all about the vaccine to begin with, and Correct. then in your series of uh, documents that are widely distributed now. You've uncovered widespread corruption in the General yes. Medical Council. Tell us about that. Yeah, it is a widespread corruption. This is all the corrupt organization, which is controlled by the 80% of the budget of the General Medical Council is sponsored by the pharmaceutical company, especially the, the Gavi and the uh, Melinda Gates Foundation. And uh, the plus our uh, uh, subscription, which, is, uh, which ranges from 500 to 2,000 pounds. Uh, which we pay to the General Medical Council. This is the only organization in the world who fights case against us with our subscription. Can you imagine that? So that the chairman and the and the other uh, bureaucrats and the paralegal they are running the the uh, show and they are crucifying the the doctors especially belonging to the ethnic minority because the the survey recent survey carried out by british medical association by the uh, defense medical union and medical protection society three of them have done the recent survey and they have published astonishing report and they said that the general medical council is is uh, out of control and it is a and it it's its action against the health professionals are very vindictive, sclerotic, and overly bureaucratic. And uh, they are giving they're turning lies. They're trying to involve people like myself coming from abroad. Uh, I'm, uh, being in national national UK, I'm, I'm still considered as as different. This is this is a shame. Like you know, they 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 still think that I am I'm not one of those local uh, uh, boys. My my children were born here, but I've been treated differently, and I've been dealt differently, and and they had no remorse for two and a half years of my suspension without a penny earning. How I'm going to survive? Well, Many- COVID nineteen has, I think, uncovered and brought out the worst in so many people and organizations. You're telling us. Uh, now that the General Medical Council and probably all the way through the the National Health Service in the UK, there's widespread corruption, that there's, that there's discrimination uh, this, against this, uh, um, against uh, you know fully qualified physicians who who immigrate to England and they have the right to do so. They become right. citizens right. of the United Kingdom. It's not only me. There are other doctors. I have, I've got dozens of doctors who has, like the doctor, my, my friend, Dr. Almas Kazi, who, who joined me for a couple of videos. 
and he he has been suspended as well for the last two years. He was threatened and suspended, and he is not reinstated. He is under warning and uh, and uh, he is under conditions. And there are few others: Dr. Kumar, who was who is from India, Dr. Arora, and Dr. Gaba. Uh, now, now, one one thing, um, Doctor Ando, if um, if there was a problem with um, let's say alcohol in, in a in a physician, and the physician had a problem with alcohol, and it got brought to the um, the Northern Alliance Trust, and then the General Medical Council, and we, we would have similar things in the United States. In the United States there would be a remediation plan where if the doctor became free of alcohol and went to counseling and, you know, he provisionally or he or she would provisionally get back to practice pretty quickly. If there was some remedy, Me, they never offered you or these other doctors, even a remedy. It was just an absolute uh, termination and then administrative extension. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, in, in the United States, there's more, more security to the health professionals and they respect their contribution towards the community and uh, the health services, especially for work like myself, uh, 30 years of uh, bloodless services. But in UK, they suspended first if somebody is uh, been reported uh, to the General Medical Council, uh, they, the health professional will be suspended first and then the inquiry will start which will last for years and years and many doctors have committed suicide general, general medical council has published a report on 5th of may 2022 you can see on the google and they said uh, in in uh, 3 years from 2018 until 2020 29 doctors have died during the gmc investigation out of that seven committed suicide and recently, we have lost. We, we had a tragic loss of our one of our our colleague. It was fifty eight year old Doctor Michael McPhillips from London. He was a consultant psychiatrist, very well known and renowned psychiatrist who treated a lot of celebrities. And he committed suicide after receiving a threatening letter from the General Medical Council. And his coroner, Doctor Anton Van Dallen from the West. London have reported in his autopsy report, he said, inverted commas, I have no hesitancy in concluding that the information within the content of the letter from the General Medical Council contribute to the state of mind of Dr. McPhillips, therefore contributed to his death. So well, let me, this happened on 22nd of uh, October. Yeah, let me just react to that and say this is so alarming mm. that that 29 physicians under a similar type of suspension um, uh, without uh, due process that is clearly arbitrary and capricious without producing evidence um, with no sense of uh, judicial fairness and then administrative ex uh, extensions that seven of these doctors have committed suicide. Correct. Not, because... not only that, Peter. You know, there is another report you can see, you can find out on the Google by uh, writing the GMC uh, suicidal. On 14th of November 2014, the GMC published a report and admitted that 114 doctors 
died during the investigation from 2005 until 2013. And out of that, 28 doctors committed suicide. Can you imagine that? But still, I need to find out the data from 2014 until 2018. Right. Now, so, now, but that's before COVID. So this is more of a general statement. And I yeah. want the public to understand doctors in countries like the United States and the United Kingdom, we are the most educated, tested, vetted, revetted, scrutinized professionals in yeah. all of society. But when these suspensions and investigations happen, and some of them before COVID honestly could be for drug and alcohol abuse, could be for a whole variety of other uh, infractions, that these are high risk affairs for the doctor, for sure. And what Dr. Edel is telling our audience is they do have a high mortality rate. This is before COVID. Now with COVID, and in his case, which I think he's made the case to us, that this was arbitrary and capricious, not justified, uh, clearly heavy-handed, and now unfairly administratively uh, extended almost in, in, you know, almost permanently. That... I, I agree, Peter, but my point, uh, the, I was trying to emphasize that the GMC and, it, and the medical establishment is so cruel that they they have uh, they don't uh, they don't do the fair trial they suspend the doctor first for years and years they lose their money they lose their livelihood and they come on the road and their their children they leave the school they sit at home and they get depressed all of them and they commit suicide this is yeah. an ongoing process for a long time that's the reason I brought this uh, in in picture. Yeah, no, I think it's it's really important. This has been a powerful interview. Um, it's really an interview about the, the odyssey of Dr. Muhammad Iqbal Adil, prominent UK surgeon. Dr. Adil, do you have any final words for our audience as we conclude this, this interview? The final word for the audience uh, uh, would be that uh, there has been a, a huge justice, injustice against me and my family and three children without any remorse or any uh, any regret or any uh, uh, feeling at all by the general medical council they are so callous and and uh, and so cruel run by the bureaucrats and paralegals and the advocates and we are standing second message is that we are standing on the right pathway this was to my understanding, with the long-standing 35 years of experience, I this is the first time I we have come across the situation for since two and a half years with the COVID-19 lockdown and uh, threatening to the public, fear, depression, and uh, killing people in the nursing and care homes and their own homes, and restriction of flight, more control on the public, digital currency. That's why I, I said vaccination was the end point. And uh, this is a, a, a wide range of the events which has happened to the public, unfortunately. And we need to stand together with unity and strength to fight against the evil because they want to reduce the world population, as Bill Gates said, 25%, if I'm not mistaken, should be reduced. Who is he to decide? He's not a doctor. He 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 he's not a scientist to to dictate the entire world because he got the money. So is that the entire world is running after the money? There's a lot of interest going on with the countries because 
the most of things are controlled by WHO, World Bank, IMF, UNICEF, and the health organization, which are affiliated with the governments. And they are doing this, this job altogether. You have lost your license, and I, I am suspended since two and a half years without earning a single penny, which is totally un, unlawful, unjustified, discriminatory, and and is a, 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 a kind of racial abuse to, to me and my family. Well, what I sense, you know, we're going to have to end it here, but what I sense is that these events, in a sense, have called you to uh, a very powerful position in the world. Uh, many of us who are, who are receiving censorship and reprisal, it's not making us silent, it's making no. us even stronger. It's even stronger. That's what I have a and, feeling. And a louder voice. Stronger and stronger every day. Right. And getting stronger every day. Well, Dr. Adil, thank you so much for joining us on the McCullough Report. It, it's my, my pleasure, Peter. Thank you for inviting me in your program. And I hope the, uh, I have spoken the truth with all honesty and fairness, with, based on my medical ethics and my way of treating my patients with, with dignity and pride. Thank you so much again. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is a McCullough Report.